put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings, welcome you guys. Welcome back. Hope you're having a glorious day in the glory. We're here to grow in God's glory. I want to start out with this verse. Revelation 19, verse 3 in the Amplified Classic. And again they shouted, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. The smoke of her burning shall continue to ascend forever and ever through the eternities of the eternities. What does it mean? The burning of the ability of the flesh will remain crucified on the altar of the Shekinah glory fire forever. Which means no longer will the nations go after worthless idols of the abilities of the natural man, the religious man, the idolatrous man, but they will go after the abilities of the King of Glory, the man of light. And this is what keeps her burning forever. Amen. So the elders right afterwards say something. This is verse 4, chapter 19. Then the twenty-four elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin and the four living creatures fell prostrate and worshipped, paying divine honors to God, who sits on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice, saying, Praise our God, that's Jesus, all you servants of his, you who reverence him, both small and great. And after that I heard what sounded like the shout of a vast group of people. Come on. These are the overcomers who have climbed Jacob's ladder to the very top. A vast number of overcomers shouting like the boom of pounding waves. What is the boom of pounding waves? Those who have gone up in the river of life. And like a roar of terrific and mighty peals of thunder. I understand the peals of thunder is the oral tradition of the Lamb. They speak the language of thunder. The sons of thunder were learning the language of thunder. I tell you the truth, this thunder is the language of the throne room of God the Father. Amen. It's characteristic of those who live above the sun life because it's the thunderings of his Gevarot that makes straight the crooked ways in the heart. So you begin to see and understand the oral tradition of the Lamb, of Moses and the Lamb, because they truly are one. It's only when we're living in the lower worlds and the lower dimensions, lower ways of thinking, that we think it's Yadhe separate from Elohim. What are those his natures? We think that somehow his aspect of Keter is a separate entity. We think in our hearts sometimes that it's a different God, right? That God, it's a different person. He's a different person, you know. Well, this is an angry God in the Old Testament, and now we have a 
new God in the New Testament, you know, who is just like this and this and this, and it's all idolatry, right? He's one God. He's always been the same. So why do people separate and categorize? This journey is about understanding that he's one God. You know, the, the, the Shema, Hear, Israel, the Lord your God is one God. The maturity of the above sun life, when you rise above the sun, you begin to understand him as both Yadevave and Elohim. What does that mean? He realizes judgments are good and they all come from that aspect of compassion that comes down from Keter. That Tifret is about the balance of emotions. It's your first taste of balance in your emotional life. True balance, which comes from God. And so then you go through the severities of his judgments and you find that he loves you and he's good and his chastisements, his corrections toward us are simply so he can give us more of his hesed. His grace is loving kindness. The end of common grace is so that that true grace can be poured out. But he's not going to pour it out in your life if it's going to obliterate you, at least in this time of making your decisions, which, which kingdom you want to serve. So the glory that people run after and go after, if you're not made holy, it would absolutely destroy you walking in the high realms. If you were to walk into the throne room of God in your flesh and blood right now, you would be destroyed. It's too much holiness. It's too much glory. Your body could not physically survive certain glories. So when you go glory to glory, you're actually surfing that wave and you're learning to survive the glory, which is him formed in you. And so you have his righteousness imputed to you, his holiness built within you. And the rest, you know, the old nature gets thrown away. It's circumcised. It's no longer a part of you as you go glory to glory, and then you can stand in the glory. What does that mean? A lot of times in the glory stream, you know, charismatic circles or, you know, spiritual people, right? You know, usually it's funny, the people who call themselves like the spiritual people are usually the ones who are more uh, in the natural carnal mind. They're actually usually more carnal. And you find that the true spiritual people, where are the true spiritual people? We find them all the time. They're out in the wild. You can just catch them encouraging everyone they meet, trying to do the right thing, but when no one's watching, and they kind of just naturally, they go with the river. They have the characteristic of humility, they do. which often false spiritual mm -hmm. people don't have that at all. So a lot of times false spirituality, people have a lot of knowledge. They study esoterica, they, they study the Bible, they study Enoch, they teach ascension classes, but they don't have circumcision. They're not a part of the circumcision. They're just like, this is our ascension class, and this is our spirituality, and blah, blah, blah. But they're lacking the basic humility that you can find just out in the wild. Like, anywhere you go, you'll find there are people who serve God as the river, and his law is made known to them through their conscience. So they obey the conscience. That's their inner man communicating with the river of God. In Rick Joyner's book, The Final Quest, he said that some of those people, Jesus told Rick Joyner in this vision when he was in heaven, that some of the people that serve him don't even know that his name is Jesus. And that'll rock someone's charismatic religious demon off the rocker. But, you know, there are genuinely people who follow the river of God and they obey that conscience. When their conscience says, hey, that's not right, don't do that, they listen. Yeah, that's God, also written in Romans too. God values that sacrifice of them going against their evil impulse to do the right thing because they know it's the right thing, because his law is written on their hearts. Mm -hmm. And they know, and they may believe in God, they may not know that it's Jesus, 
but they follow his river, and when he speaks to them, they do obey him. And what, did, what else did he tell Rick Joyner when he said that? He said, it's coming the time that they're gonna know my name. What prevents them from knowing his name? Christians. Or, I will, Christians, as in usually it's the spiritual people who are really evil in their heart. And they don't do the right thing. They don't listen to their conscience. Their conscience is actually seared. But they have self-righteousness, self-justification. And when, if one of these precious people came into their churches or ascension groups, they'd probably just beat them up with the Bible and attack them and try Jude to steal says about and these ones, they and always, destroy them. They always oppose true spiritual authority. So that is the number one characteristic in Jude. If you understand these people come around and they constantly talk against spiritual authorities. And so that's the evidence that they are of Esau. These are Edomites. So an Edomite will come to you if you're still able to be tempted in any way. Now, they do have a discernment but by their demons that they're operating under. When you can no longer be moved by them or tempted by them, they will leave you alone. These wicked persons who go around spiritual authority, always trying to pull people away from the apostolic, just like they did in the first century. They've been trying to do this, demons through Edomites for 2,000 years. There's nothing new under the sun. The issue is overcoming that. They judge you too far gone in the Holy Ghost and in the glory, too far ascended, that you can no longer be reached by their demonic reasoning. Right, those assignments don't work. That's on where you, you want to that get. One. That's the safe zone. And the truth is, most spiritual leaders, even in full time ministry, aren't even there yet. The enemy is still constantly tempting spiritual leaders to pull them away from the true apostolic leadership of the heavenly Jerusalem, like we just read, the heavenly Sanhedrin. So the Lord God Almighty commands you to go up higher until the Edomites no longer are tempting you. And you can usually tell who they are because Edomites, and in that we mean you know, the uncircumcision or these types of you know spiritual people, uh, they have different mixtures of, there's parts of them that do kind of mean well, but there's a majority in them that's just uncircumcision, it's demonic activity. They've got compromise and the secret motive of the heart. They don't understand that God really does weigh and judge those things. It's unbelief that says, God's not going to judge that part of me. They think everyone's like them because people have been like that towards them. They have that seed in them and that's how they grow. They grow in that unbelief of, well, everyone's like me. And so this is just how it is in Christianity. It's still just a church age. Everyone, you know, just spiritually murdering each other. And, you know, that they think that they really think. And then when they see sons of God, they judge them and say, you know, people who are going to genuinely try to do the right thing. They think, oh, they're like me. They're, they secretly are thinking like blah, blah, blah. So they have paranoia. You'll find there's a lot of paranoia in Edomites. And so if you're just one of those people, you're just following the, your conscience, your true spiritual conscience, and you're following the river, and you're just literally trying to do the best at your job, provide for your family, be faithful. You're trying to be a faithful husband, a faithful wife, take care of your kids, get them you know, educated, walking in what their gifts, help them find out their gifts. You're doing a huge work for the kingdom of God. You're actually way better off than the people who call themselves spiritual, who supposedly have all kinds of visions and ascensions and blah, blah, blah. But they're terrible people. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't trust them with the secret uh, or personal. You're per, you can't help trust them with anything personal. 
you can't say nothing to these kind of people. You know they're backstabbing, you know, betrayers at heart. So no matter how much they try to say how spiritual they are, and you'll know them by their fruit, in this way they're usually the people that have to go online and they have to prove to everybody else how spiritual they are. They have to share signs and wonders that they just go after and look for any demonic signs and wonders. They're like baiting it. They're like looking for confirmations just to prove to everybody online, look, see, God accepts me because look, look at this, look at that. But they're really terrible people at heart. And if you, only in spiritual circles do people respect them because they have knowledge about secret stuff that a lot of people don't know about. Because right? they go and they research and they take their time, they do their reading and blah, blah, blah. They have a scholar demon, you know, usually it's like that. But if you put the, one of those people around just your normal, like maybe nine to five, or let's say you work hospitality shifts, you work nights and days, you work 60 hours a week, you work 70 hours sometimes a week. You know, sometimes you're like, well, I don't know if I ever really did clock out. I just, I'm working continuously. You know, if you put them around any one of those people that's just honestly following their conscience, honestly just following the river trying to do the right thing genuinely with pure heart they will spot them like a sore thumb they were like i do not trust that person as far as i could throw them they know why you can't fool them you can discern the heart mm -hmm. because when you're not just trying to be a spiritual person for everyone else to see you get some discernment and a lot of times it's just your street wisdom mm -hmm. from having experience with other people and you get to know after, you know, you get burned a few times, instead of getting bitter, you're just like, you know what? I'm going to forgive, but I'm not going to be taken advantage of. There's a difference there, right? The demons in religious, you know, fake spiritual people, we're going to call them, you know, spiritual, spiritual people, demonized people are being used by demons. Obviously, it's a dark energy coming around that you can feel it. it unless you're in your head and you think, wow, signs and wonders. <gasps> secret knowledge they have all kinds of knowledge wow i need to learn that knowledge maybe then i can have one of those experiences they have so then you're up here and you're missing all the red flags that's how people miss red flags is they don't look for the fruit mm -hmm. so i would take character over signs and wonders and visions mm -hmm. any day oh, yeah. can i trust you like to hold my wallet you know that this is a sign and wonder um when we were in new york mm -hmm. we went to visit this uh, jewish temple temple emmanuel it's a really beautiful historic location. It's just beautiful architecture. And they had a choir that was, you know, really well, you know, trained singing these Hebrew songs with their little translation that were so poetic and beautiful. And it was just really a wonderful experience. And there was this Jewish woman, this older lady, that she came and sat next to us. She asked, can I sit next to yours? And she trusted Brandon so much. She was on the other side of us like this. And she trusted him so much, she left her whole purse. Mm -hmm. Like all of her like, Ask phone Ask me to wallet. watch her purse. First time Just visitor. First time visitor. In like, charge of the Jewish purse of Manhattan. Yep. So, and, you know, <laughs> they can people can tell. And you know, in New York, you have to have street smarts, right? Like you, this lady's obviously been yeah, living in New York really a long special. time. That was cool. It's not like in New York you just trust anybody. Like they're everywhere. There's scammers everywhere. They have a lot of street smarts. These people have been in New York for a long time who haven't lost a lot because they do have the street smarts. I'm not talking about people who come and get scammed and go all the time. Uh, but so that was a sign and a wonder too. You, you could feel the presence of that Holy Spirit, God who is trustworthy. And so value having that formed in your life and not just 
spiritual knowledge. Look, guys, I got a sign and wonder. Look, I got a sign and wonder about ascension. Well, where's your actual ascension? Yep. Where's your circumcision? Character first. Character first. That's okay. the first sign that you're making progress is that there is transformation in your personality and character, that you're less idolatrous and you're more emanating the Shekinah than you were last season. So it's the signs and wonders are wonderful, <laughs> and you'll always have those as you follow Christ. The issue is the most important thing Jesus said, look at the fruit. And the fruit means that there is transformation of the soil and the development of the Word of God inside your spirit, and it's getting through your soul. It's not just blocked up and it's deep down within somewhere. You know, if I were to die today, I know I'm going to heaven. No, we can see it. You've, your family can see it. You're different. You're changing. You don't talk the way you used to talk. You don't walk the way you used to walk. You're much more like God, which is, isn't always applauded. Don't think they're going to applaud you. They'll actually right. probably treat you worse. That's just how the human nature is. But if you suffer for that, you suffer yeah. for glory's sake, Peter says. So it's all about discernment. What we're talking about tonight is wisdom. Wisdom is discernment. So Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, when he was proving himself to his nation, Things were coming to him for him to judge, to show the nation that he had what it took to lead. So we have two moms coming and saying this is their child. Solomon says, cut the child in half and give him each half. Wisdom always divides. What that did when you divided the child with speech, the true mother came forth, let the other woman have her. Let the other woman, that the true mom said that, right? Because the other one didn't really care because she knew that's not her kid. Mm -hmm. So now Solomon knew and all the nation was in awe. <laughs> they were in awe that he had the ability to divide. Jesus Christ said the same thing. I have not come to unite light and darkness, mm -hmm. but to divide it. A sword that divides. That's so good. If there is no division between Edom and Israel in your heart, there will never be in your mind or in your house or in your marketplace or in your ministry or in any aspect of your life. You have to learn how to divide. Holiness is a division. Where the enemy comes in and say, oh, let's have unity. You know, we have these people coming to try to make a peace treaty to Joshua and Caleb in the promised land. We've come to make peace. What God gave them was a sword, a sword. You cannot make peace with Edom. There's no peace with the wicked. There's no peace with Esau. There's no peace with demons. There's only war. There's no negotiations. You show up with the scroll of the Lord and the angelic sword in your hand and a circumcised heart, and you take care of business. Mm -hmm. You cannot have any of that mixture. Now, the daily circumcision or the daily picking up of your cross and following him, because the cross is the place of terminating all the things the Spirit of God is illuminating from your heart and mind and bringing to the altar to burn. They rejoiced because the woman continued to burn for the eternity of the eternities, Revelation 19.4. What does that mean? It means that there was a rejoicing that that thing stayed crucified. That thing stayed, listen, not very many people want to keep the flesh crucified. They like to take their bodies down off the altar and participate with immorality all the time. They like to use their senses 
for pride and for personal knowledge to look good in front of others. They care more about the praises of men and women than they do of God. And we care more about pleasing the natural realm than the glory realm. But I tell you the truth, wisdom divides that. That division is a mark in your hearts and minds of true maturity when you begin to please the Holy Spirit above all else. Mm -hmm. And the people that please the Holy Ghost, they will come into unity, but they will not come into unity until they're above the sun. Jesus Christ said to the wise virgins, what, what does wise virgins mean? The ones who could divide their own hearts and minds from the world. They had oil. They had extra oil. So all of the virgins had oil. They all slumbered and slept. But what did the wise, what did the wise ones do? How did they divide? Like Brandon said, how did they divide? They had extra oil. They had enough oil to go the distance. What does that mean? They had purchased, they paid the price for the oil, and that's the oil of intimacy. And you can only drink, it says you cannot drink the cup of God and the cup of demons. You'll choose one over the other. So if you're at altars of demons, which are a lot of times of petty sins, repeat repetitive sin patterns, or, you know, we talked about the, the Edomite kind of habit of fake spirituality, scholar demon, which is just pridefully being spiritual so everybody could know how spiritual you are. Then you have your reward in full. That's all you get. You don't get true spirituality that way. It's all fake. Even though they may come with signs and wonders, it's literally fake. That's all the reward they get. The only sign and wonder they're going to get in the coming days is the sign of Jonah. And that's it. Nothing else. A foolish virgin had that external stolen oil on mm -hmm. its flesh to be a pretender of what only the spirit part of you can be. A wise virgin was emanating Shekinah for a spirit. You don't have to tell an angel to be spiritual. An angel is a spirit. Right. Your born-again spirit, you don't have to tell it to be Christian. <laughs> it has Christ in it. Right. What Now, what the flesh always tried to tries to do, which is that whole nation of Esau, those seven mountains of demons, is impersonate the spirit through the body, through the flesh, with the brain, in the heart, in the blood, on the bones, on the skin, they dress it up. The horror Babylon's dressed and caked in makeup mm -hmm. in the final quest by Anna Roundtree. She's a pretender mm -hmm. of all the things of the true born-again spirit developed into maturity mm -hmm. to look just like Jesus on the inside. She is a counterfeit of it on the outside. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to discern the difference between the counterfeit of the horror Babylon on the outside, citizenship with Satan in satanic antichrist Christianity, which is just as charismatic as true Holy Spirit internal transformation Christianity. And you'll be able to tell it easily <laughs> when you just start living your life just to do the right thing by the Spirit of God. Right? When you follow your conscience and you, let, you cleanse your conscience and start doing the right thing for the right reasons, which is because it's the right thing to do. You follow God in your daily decisions when He... When he impresses upon you that conviction is the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. So he's all over the whole world right now convicting people all the time. Every single human being on earth right now is constantly being convicted in their spirit, in their inner man. Whether they know him or not, his spirit, he said, I'm going to pour it out on all flesh. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit has already started to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment in all flesh. So everyone is constantly being, uh, I'm going to say, drawn or tempted by either kingdom. So both kingdoms are vying for souls right now. 
What does that mean? Every day, every single human being on the planet wakes up and they hear from the kingdom of God and they hear from the kingdom of Satan. Every single day, both kingdoms are calling you. They're calling me. They're calling him. They're calling everybody. So who are you going to answer is who are you going to obey today? You might have obeyed God the last 30 days in a row, but then the next six weeks you started obeying the other kingdom and you're like, what happened? What happened? You know, don't play dumb with God. Just repent. It's if you if you are like how Brandon said, you have to discern between the true bride and the false bride. If you just simply obey your conscience by when God, the Holy Spirit, who's poured out on all flesh, convicts you of sin and then you obey him and you repent or you change and all those little things. It's usually something at work, some little thing, something at home. It's often not these big spiritual things like I saw, most people are not going to come home and be like, I saw this angel blazing and I couldn't tell what kingdom it was from and I had to do all this and that and blah, blah, blah. It's usually like somebody was mean to you at work and how did you respond? Or you heard a voice in your head. Yep. Saying, uh, you know, accusing the holy people of God saying, well, I bet they're just blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit will convict you and say, hey, that's not my voice. Because guess what? The, uh, the Holy Spirit, when he brings clarity when he brings discernment it never somebody write down never comes with paranoia about other people it never comes with fear so if you hear something and you think it's discernment well i was heard and thinking and i saw that this person was thinking this against me religious demon every time that's a demon so people are just in their heads and they get paranoid but again if you just talk to any normal regular everyday person who just follows their conscience and tries to obey the spirit when he convicts them and they feel bad for their sin and they try to change and they don't even really know a lot of spiritual truth they actually are racking up more righteousness for the days to come and they'll be the ones that go up versus the people who had to let everybody know online how spiritual they are because they have all the signs and the wonders except me except me no amount of you posting signs and wonders on Facebook is going to get you to go up in the Sephora or get apostles to, like, endorse you or accept you or you feel rejected. It's like, wake up and smell the roses, buttercup. You just got to change What we really need, though, is, is the people yeah. having signs and wonders. Yeah. Most people don't even have any. That right. you, but you they have, will you, follow You have to start with Christ. having some at all. <laughs> you start to have real signs and wonders, but the, the enemy will have counterfeit as well. But God definitely wants all of you to have tremendous signs and wonders yep. confirming your walk with Christ. And this is what the Lord said. Remember John Paul Jackson. What did he preach and teach about? Character. Doing the right thing. You know, not getting on your high horse and beating other people up. Not, you know, going angry on your friends and your family, how to be right towards pastoral authority, you know, how to build the character instead of just like, my giftedness, I need to be accepted, my pastor won't accept me as a prophet, and blah blah blah, and he would talk to the young people and say, hey, well, you know, check this, check the fruit, was, you know, the maturity, well, how accurate have you been, and, and then they start to realize, oh, I don't have that maturity yet, and so, what did John Paul Jackson teach he taught character integrity righteousness purity holiness and so what you find is he focused on character first and what did he have as an experience 
he got taken through time and space and got to visit King David. Uh, like, he was standing there. He could see it, smell it, touch it. He was interacting with people. God literally took him. He was flying, like, through time and space. And he literally got, to, like, one of the most supernatural experiences anybody in the body of Christ has had. But what did he focus on? Character. So, people who tend to go after signs and wonders, they're usually going to be the people who aren't focused on character. But if you focus on character, the signs and wonders will automatically follow. The reason why people go after signs and wonders and they leave behind the integrity, they leave behind the character building because they don't believe, again, it all comes down to unbelief. Because they don't believe the Bible says, the Bible says it, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you diligently seek him and you seek the character building, the integrity, and not just at a normal level, but a very spiritual level is all the details of your life. You want it to be refined by God and you want to do the best of your ability and beyond your own ability to do what's right every moment, every day towards everyone in your life and around you and that you see. And when you actually choose that, I mean, really choose that, that's when the supernatural realms open. So it's not actually possible to go after the character of God and his nature and for the signs and wonders to not follow. Anyone who says they're going after the character and integrity of God and doing the right thing, I mean, really, truly, fully, all of it, and going into the word of God, it's impossible for you to not have signs and wonders following. So if the signs and wonders don't follow, it means there's some area where you're pretending with God in your heart, you're play acting, it's not really genuine, there's still secret desires for sins, that's when you really gotta get the the magnifying glass of the word of God and hold it over like, alright, what's going on in there? And get it burnt out because you have to get out that wicked unbelief that keeps people from entering his rest, that keeps people from entering the promised land of Jesus Christ fully, is not believing that God is a rewarder of diligently seeking him. And what's the reward? It's him. And he comes with signs and wonders. So you find the people chasing after the signs and wonders don't have the character. And then the people who have, who have a measure of integrity and character, but they fail to go all the way with it, they're lukewarm and they don't really want to give their whole heart. And that's why they don't have signs and wonders. But understand, if you truly go for integrity, you truly go after the word of God and his character, they will follow. So we, we live in America here where we have 95 million evangelical Christians and none of them have signs and wonders. So we have a tremendous amount of people that use the New Testament for outward religion mm -hmm. where it's not even spirituality. The remnant that's even participating around and in the things of God's glory is less than 1% of Christianity. It's a very tiny amount that are even open to embracing the glory realm. That is, that is considered extreme Christianity in America right now. You have 95% of Americans don't even embrace the things of the Spirit. Okay, The Catholics, the Lutherans... And the evangelicals, the Baptists, that's like 95% of Christianity. So amongst the spiritual Christians, we're talking like 15 remnants deep here, okay? But most of them just use the Bible 
as do's and don'ts for discipline of their outer man, like Amgren Lotz and Franklin Graham and all the Evangelical Church of America. There is, there is no embrace of the Holy Spirit or the development of the light or the glory on the inside. For the most part, people are being introduced to the Shekinah glory brand new. Most people don't even know it's available that the morning star, which is source of glory light, 2 Peter 1.19, is able to rise in our hearts and we are able to shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father, like Messiah Jesus Christ said. So we're coming out of tremendous unbelief in the U.S. Mostly unbelief everywhere. So it's a brand new introduction to come into the glory. And in the glory, we've already gone so much deeper now dealing with just all the issues of the glory and what you deal with when you're in the earth and you're dealing with Elijah and you're in the river. Like we've been dealing with that for 20 years of full-time ministry. So you have to understand and visualize what the pioneering actually is. Because if you just jump in from this understanding where you don't even understand the morning star and the source of glory in your heart and you're hearing about all this stuff of signs and wonders and sapphire stones, it's going to be so over your head when you understand the growth and the progression that we've already taken in this generation to pioneer and prepare this feast table for you, it begins to make a lot more sense. You can actually begin to measure things, which is wisdom. You can measure the progress. You can begin to visualize it in your mind, what spiritual growth, going from glory to glory, starting out with no glory, just total darkness, and the measurements from the outer court, those who believe in Jesus but don't speak in tongues, they don't have any of those those surface-level baptisms of the introduction to the things of the charismatic church and going into all the gifts and going into prophecy and the prophetic training we've had from the Kansas City prophets last 40 years and all of that tremendous training, all of the different revivals we had around God's glory manifesting in America the last 40 years. And all of this has brought us to the point of the manifest sons of God of Daniel 12.3 that begin to go even further but without that foundation and understanding that foundation, these things, there will be a huge gap of where a lot of people are and where the pioneers are. Wisdom and the preaching and the teaching that we do every day fills in the gap so you understand the whole process and begin to visualize your own growth in it, in Jesus' Amen. name. And if that's you, don't despair. It's not going to take that long. If you're really persistent about it, like for example... I didn't even know about the gift of tongues and that how it was a separate thing. I just had some weird evangelical belief that somebody told me sometime. I just, I guess I, I knew that I didn't really know. So I just, okay, that's fine. I just put it on the shelf. Like I just heard it's, you know, you know, the only, the only sign and wonder someone had seen like in the outer courts was someone learned like a bunch of languages really fast and they knew it was by the spirit of God. And I was like, well, it didn't happen for me. So I guess I just don't have that gift. And I, but I knew I experienced the Holy Spirit landing on me in my water baptism. So I was like, mm, that's fine, whatever. Like I know I cast out demons, I'd seen miracles and healings. So I just figured I already had it. I didn't really know. Cause I mean, I'm reading the word of God. I feel the presence of God. I saw the dove land on me, like Jesus's baptism when I was water baptized. I've cast out demons and I've seen physical miraculous healings. So I didn't, it's not like I was angry. Like, oh, I, I already have that. It was just like, oh, I just think I just, no, I didn't know. There was nothing I felt like, oh, I, you know, need to have. I just didn't know. Just ignorant, right? Until I heard the preaching 
of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as the preacher was preaching, I started to think, huh, I think he might be talking about something I don't have yet. And I was like, you know, and my friend was going for the altar call for that. And I was like, oh, well, darn it, you know, if he's going to get it, I'm going to get it too. Like, because I feel, and there was a sign and wonder in the message that I'd been making this very specific funny noise at work all that week, just as a joke. You know how you're just back of the house having fun at work. You do kind of different noises. You have little inside jokes. And it was like a, just a really funny, silly sound. And the preacher made that exact same sound. I was like, that's it. I'm getting it. Whatever it is, I'm get, I'm about to get it right now. So I get up there. And then it was just a beautiful, glorious baptism, golden light. I got totally erect in the Holy Ghost. I got filled with this fire and golden glory on the inside and on the outside coming down. It was internal and external at the same time. That stuck with me for a long time. And I wondered for a very long time what that meant. And finally understand some of these things now. But I encourage you, it's not going to take you that long. It doesn't have to. You don't have to spend 15 years doing what's already been done. I'll tell you what. From the time that I got tongues and I didn't even know that was a thing, I didn't really understand it at all. It only took me three years to go from, I don't know what tongues is. What is tongues? What do you mean baptism of the Holy Spirit? I already thought I had that. It only took me three years to go from that to pioneering a brand new thing in the cosmos, cosmic righteousness. Three years, that's it. And what did Bob Jones do? When Bob Jones spent 40 years pioneering, he said, it's not going to take you guys that long. I did all this stuff, so now you can learn it and do it faster. So what does that mean? It took me three years. It should not take you three years. If it does, that's fine, but that's not that much time. That means the maximum time it should take you from not even having any idea what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, or basically yeah, even salvation, three years maximum. If you don't even know evangelical Christianity, four years maximum. Maybe five if you're a really slow learner, but it's, I'm telling you, less than three, probably a year and a half. And why does it take time? Yeah. Yeah. Seed time and harvest. Notice it's written, seed time. Genesis, Torah, seed time. So the time, three years, four years, in order to open up the destiny scroll that Rebecca was given by God the Father, mm -hmm. is for seed time and harvest. There had to be the seed. Mm -hmm. You gotta yeah. marinate in the glory. The angels come with that angelic seed, and then the time, which is the light in the brooding mother hen, and then it brings it into fruition. So what comes forth is simply heaven and God and new realms and what he's originally designed for you to do. So notice all time is meant for seed. So if you're not spending the time on the development of the seeds of mm -hmm. the kingdom inside your heart, you'll never see heaven billow come and on. manifest through your life. Time is set apart for seed. Harvest is for the development of seed. As long as you're bearing forth the fruit of the seed that God has put in your heart for this season of your life, you're totally successful. Don't look at someone's farm who's been farming for 400 nope. years and say, well, I don't have ancient fruit from the oh, Garden yeah, of like Eden. Oh, yeah, that's like trying to play Stardew Valley and watching someone who's been playing a game <laughs> for like five years and has maximized all their crops and things like that. Just enjoy your farm time, right? Just enjoy, like the seed, you know, seeds already know what to do. You're only accountable for the <laughs> seed that God's given you. Yep. And if you're not accountable to that, you'll never get more. And a lot of those people find themselves trying to steal from successful farmers who are gardening God's word well, into maturity the in their heart. That's the dumbest thing you possibly do. Yep. That's what, so you, your whole time in wisdom is for bringing God's seed into maturity. Yep. And if you're a thief of glory and thief of seed, you are dumb. And that's 
They're literally the dumbest kind of person that could exist. But even if that's you, there's hope for you because there's time to repent right now. There's time for people to repent. Even those people we talked about, the fake Christian kind of people, the really spiritual, you know, they're not really, you know, they're really evil people at heart. God's giving a lot of people just time to repent, right? God wishes that no one would perish. But why did we see, you know, like in the Bible, the Moabites didn't get destroyed at a certain time. Why? What did the Jews write in their history books? They said, well, it was because Ruth had to be born. So there was a whole people group that didn't get destroyed. They're terrible people. They were just horrible people. And their whole origin came from one of the daughters of Lot, who, you know, I don't know if you know what happened. You can look up in the Bible uh, for yourself later how their pregnancy came about, but it wasn't, it was not a holy situation. It was not righteousness. So the whole conceiving of that whole line, which is a lot of terrible people, and they did a lot of terrible things, but why did God preserve that line so that Ruth could be born? And, you know, once he, sometimes God's waiting for the best of a generation to come forth. And one of the things that I know John Paul Jackson, I talk about him a lot because I really respect him as a teacher. And I met him multiple times in heavenly encounters being caught up to heaven. And he's just an amazing teacher while he was in the earth. And he's an amazing teacher, even more amazing teacher in heaven. But, you know, so I respect him really greatly. But what did he talk about in this generation? He said, this is the time that God has really saved the best of the family lines coming forth. So some of you, you might be the best out of your whole family line or have the most potential during this time to do the most. Maybe your parents did better than their parents, but you can do better. And what is better? Simply obeying the spirit of the Lord. A lot of people want to overcomplicate it make it like a really difficult thing if you just buy all their books for $69.99 and take their $1,000 university course. They'll, you know, If you spend hundreds of dollars and spend thousands of dollars, then you too can be as spiritual as them, but they still road rage when they drive in traffic and they don't have any actual peace and they just, they don't have any fruit. They don't have any joy. Uh, or they pretend to be happy and then in the secret place they are really depressed and they're not happy people they don't have good fruit they don't have any joy for other people's success you want to see someone's fruit but let that see let them see other people getting blessed other people coming up in life like they're on the up and up they're not happy for them they're jealous they're angry when someone is not happy when somebody else is you know doing well they're making good decisions, they're doing what's right, they're starting to get close with the Lord, and they're getting, you know, God's upgrading their life. They are not happy people. They're jealous, they're envious. They might say nice on the outside, but the inside you can see the little dagger coming out. It's like a horror movie, because they're fake. Doesn't mean they can't change, because even Saul, as a murderer, became Paul. And look, we're all reading his books now. He's famous in heaven for eternity what he did for the Lord. So oftentimes, even out of those kind of groups of people, the Edomites, he's waiting to see who's going to be the Joshua's, who's going to be the Caleb's, who's going to be the Ruth that came out of the Moabites. You know, people have an opportunity. 
And so even if they are terrible people, sometimes terrible people, they'll become amazing people. <laughs> so just forgive, 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 but also you don't need to throw your pearls before a swine and don't trust those people. If you know it, who they are on the inside, forgive them, pray for them, but do not trust them with your personal life, the things that make you happy, your breakthroughs. Don't even share it because they will absolutely try their best to destroy you while smiling to your face the entire time. And is it, it's, is it sad? Yes, but it's the truth anyhow. So just don't be naive. Part of what God wants to do, this is something God wants to do for this generation of those of you who are rising, who are going to rise in righteousness, is don't be so naive. Don't be so naive about the wicked intentions of spiritual people. They might get fixed later on and repent, but you don't need to be their collateral damage along the way, right? A wise man sees the danger coming and he avoids it. So don't trust those people. Don't be naive. Yes, they are wicked. Yes, they are evil people. They pretend to be spirituality, you know, if you pretend to be, you know, spiritual people, they may even tune into this show. And I hope they do change, you know, if that's them watching. I hope they do change. But do not become their collateral damage. That is not love. It is not grace. It's not smart. So be wise and don't get eaten up by sharks and alligators and these kind of people who tend to lurk around. Where do they tend to lurk around? True spirituality. So just be wise, okay? Don't be paranoid, but get the spirit of God, obey the spirit of God, and you don't have to be their collateral damage on their spiritual whirlwind of a walk, amen? So it all boils down to the development of wisdom. And we read in Proverbs 9, you can't have any wisdom until you begin to kill your own beasts, which means there has to be a sword that you take up with a judgment towards the human nature, which is hell, that you want obliterated out of your heart and mind. Any area where you're in agreement with the world or your, your natural fallen state is a covenant with a demon. And there has to be an acknowledgement of that. People in denial, they just live demonized. They lived under demonic influence. They say, oh, there are no demons. I just, I'm just a human being. No, it's all demonic. To be a human being is to live in hell. That's what Jesus Christ said. John's baptism, was it from God or hell? What do you say hell was? Human beings. It is written. Red letters. So we need to understand the difference between a human being and Christ and that division in us. That's the daily division of killing beasts. When we begin to kill our beasts, we begin to grow in wisdom. The growth of wisdom is the only potential possibility for discernment, which is judging accurately. So you got all these, you know, Christians coming around the higher things of the pioneers of the apostles of their generation and just criticizing and judging everything. And they haven't even been judged themselves. Woe to them, it is written. So if you call for judgment and if your judgment is upon others, but you haven't received the white throne judgment seat of Christ upon your heart, the judgments that you put on others, Jesus Christ said, would destroy you instead of them. And that's usually what happens. That's not discernment. That's called unrighteous judgment. Unrighteous means demonic. So it's a demonic discernment. It's a religious spirit. It's a critical spirit. It's a Jezebel spirit. 
It's a false spirituality. It's a false charismatic. And so you have to begin to deal with that stuff in yourself in order to have the wisdom to be safe, holy, blessed, and then not just clueless about your circumstances and the things that happen to you, but a growing understanding in the priesthood. You're a royal nation, a holy priesthood, set apart as God's own people. It is written, to be God's own people requires a priesthood. Now, what does the priest do? We read the Bible. All the priest does six days a week from sunrise to sunset is kill beasts. Notice how they kill beasts and not each other. (laughs) Just kill animals, which represents terminating the fallen nature. It is attached to part of the human being, the foreskin, which is the fallenness of men and women. So part of the human being is obliterated by the priest. Otherwise, they're no priest at all. But it terminates the serpent, which is the lie, which the demon spirit, the spirit of lust, the spirit of idolatry, the spirit of Babylon, it begins to attack it in oneself, which is an embracement of the white throne judgment seat of Christ in your own life. When it's embraced in your own life and all of that judgment comes into your brain and your thinking and your mind and your will and your emotions in your brain and you're willing to have it all just exposed and brought to trial before Jesus and obliterated for Jesus himself to take up residency in your brain. Now, when you look and see others through those five physical senses in your brains, it's going to be from a Christian perspective. So a Christian can only be formed through the judgment seat of Christ or Christ's wisdom, Christ's discernment. A person not willing to be cleansed and purged and judged from the human nature. Guys, if we're honest with ourselves, there's nothing Christian about them at all. They're pretenders. They might say they know stuff about God, but we need God possessing us through the judgments of the Holy Spirit. Now, his judgments are cleansing. To be forgiven of sins is to judge the sin. We say, don't judge me. That that person wants to cling to their sin. A person that rejects the judgments of God, the washing of the water of God, the, the wash basin of God, the fire of God, the altar of God, the cross of God, that person is clinging to a condemned nature that doesn't want to be exposed to the trial of Jesus. A person that loves judgment is a a person that truly loves God. And if they don't love judgments, they're clinging to the human nature 100% of the time. So wisdom is learning how to love the judgments that kill the beasts, kill the pride, kill all the human identity of the natural old Adamic man, and bring a resurrection into the new Christ man, the God man the man of light that's wanting to take up residency inside these bodies. And you can cohabit with Christ in those bodies through one thing, judgment. So it's not about just receiving external personal ministry, help, 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 I'm a mess, mess, mess. The Bible says, bring the animal mess to the word. So the Academy of the Word, those who participate in the body of Christ and are of great benefit are always students of the Word, and not Word only, the Holy Ghost Word. 
the living word. It must be the word of the Shekinah glory. Otherwise, it's going to be a religious Pharisee all the time, and they go around beating each other up with Bibles. Stay away from that crowd. We want the people built up with the living word that shine in the glory of God, that have the character and nature of Jesus, and the signs and wonders that follow the whole kingdom package. We call it the full gospel. We need all of it with the armies of angels. We're called the Spirit of Elijah Company. What did Elijah do? Open the eyes of my servant. Boom, 60,000 yes. angelic warriors and 10,000 chariots of fire. With the armies of angels will always accompany those who love the judgment seat of Christ. So the bride of the Lamb is a company of people that love the judgment seat of the Lamb. Now, the judgment seat of the Lamb, it sounds all fine and dandy until you realize it's the total termination of self. It's the complete termination of the human being. Lamb isn't just this gentle thing that you can control and manipulate because you're stronger than it. People like that Lamb. That's Satan. Satan pretends to be a Lamb, too. The real Lamb represents exclusively Christ crucified to death. The bride of the Lamb is crucified to death with him one time only and then I'm good and go out here and do what I want to do? Nope, daily. Every single day, those marriage vows to the cross and the termination of the desires of the flesh and the impulse of the flesh and the burning of that woman, that woman representing the old Adamic man. That's the old soulish nature. She's still burning. The fire and the smoke from her goes on for eternity of eternity. That's your testimony overcoming your sinful Adamic nature, all of you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good preaching. <laughs> I love it. Just building up your inner man. I hope you value the things of God, the teaching, the training, the sacrifice that it takes to bring forth the Word of God. And, you know, let this be true about ourselves and about you, I ascend daily. What does that mean? The wave offering, it's the ascension offering. The killing of the animal, the wave offering, the burnt offering, the wave offering, the smoke that rises, the pillar of smoke cloud, the incense. You know, I die daily is I ascend daily. That means daily you make progress toward the circumcision of whatever wrong you're on now. That means you don't take a day off. You don't just, you know, now I go do what I want to do. I finally made it. You know, you keep going. That's count the cost before you go to war, which is count the cost of ascension, which means once you, uh, once you start, you really need to go all the way. It's not good to say, I'm going to ascend and get all hype about it. And then you go up a little ways and you're like, no, it's too hard. There's too many enemies out here. Give a bad report, those are the people who die in the wilderness, right? You know, like grasshoppers out here. <laughs> you know, they're too big. I can't do it. My God is too small. Wrong God, then, you know. <laughs> if your God is too small and you're serving the wrong God, he can do it. You can't. This is the thing is, people get depressed and discouraged sometimes when they realize they can't do it. That's right, you can't. The judgment well, seat can't. is how Jesus gets big in you and you really begin to know his yeah. power. Because he's decimating your sins. Amen. <laughs> and remember, the world of absolute is the culmination of the annihilation of self. Mm. And that's that's what the sapphire stones exist for. It's the body of Christ, the sapphire stone body of Christ. And you can find that in the Song of Songs, is sapphire stone body. 
that annihilates the flesh. So the flesh of Jesus, his sapphire stone flesh, annihilates your flesh nature. And so what are the three uh, worlds above that? Those are the three witnesses of your crucifixion. And what does it do? It goes into, uh, it goes into kind of more that invisible realm of you, the secret thoughts and intentions, and then the subconscious and the unconscious. It deals with those underlying things that if you didn't go into those realms, wouldn't even really be possible for you to know what was going on in there. It, it's a higher light to see. And when you see, oh my God, even after the full annihilation of self in absolute, in the world of absolute, it's like, oh wait, but wait, there's more. A Billy Mays moment, a little more oxyclean, a little more scrubbing bubbles for your subconscious, your, yes, your unconscious. You are gonna be responsible for cleansing that as you go up. So when you start the journey, you count the cost, which means, Am I willing to continue this even when it gets difficult? And there's a temptation in the world of Yetzirah that you'll be tempted to let your love grow cold, which is love turning into hatred. It's very easy in the world of Isaiah to turn love into hatred. Mm. And so you really have to have your emotions tempered like steel, which means you're not going to give in to the, because the waves, if you think, People go a little bit of a cosmic ascension, they feel like they're losing their minds. I'm like, buckle up, Buttercup, because yet Zira, you just, you gotta be steady. He's gonna crucify the whole thing. Oh, yeah. The the waves of emotion in yet Zira, <laughs> they're so up and so down. Here's my best advice to you if you're gonna go through the world, the four layers of yet Zira. No matter how good you feel, don't ride that wave of good feeling. Like, people go, oh, yay. Oh, yeah. Because guess what? When you do that, you crash. What by good feelings. Oh, well, you go up and down and then up and down. All through you, Yetzirah, this was my game. Flakes. This was my... <laughs> <laughs> they never make it very That's that, that is hilarious. First of all, second of all, Too weak. don't be a fruit Drunken glory cornflakes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> when the going gets tough, the tough get going. The higher you rise, the more crucified you are. Yeah, a lot of people in it for themselves and uh -huh. pretend to be in it for Jesus. Yeah. Well, the, the cross, find out real quick. Uh, the bride of the Lamb, the bride of the cross, that's our ultimate test every day. And that's always yeah. what separates the immature from the mature and the foolish from the mm -hmm. wise and the goats from the sheep is who will be slaughtered with them. Separates the buckwheats from the tares. <laughs> yeah, buckwheats from the tares. That's good. One. Apparently that's one of, my, one of my nicknames in heaven from Jesus is apparently queen of the buckwheats. So I'm very proud of that. Cool. I'm proud to have our buckwheat family here. You're rising. You're doing good, buckwheat. Just hang in there. And, uh, you know, so this is my advice again for Yetzirah. This was my game plan and it worked because it was a game plan from the Holy Ghost. When Go he has a plan. Go to Buckwheat Church. Go to Buckwheat Church. Yeah, Buckwheat University. Actually, that yeah. sounds pretty official. Buckwheat University. Yeah. Buckwheat University. Uh, but the game plan was, no matter how good feelings, so we're going through Yetzir at that time, Holy Spirit, let me know. Hey, no matter how good your feelings are, don't just let loose and go out and ride that high feeling, because then you'll go with the low and it'll crash. This is the world of emotion. So just prepare yourself to be feeling overwhelming emotions, both highs and lows, but you can live in your spirit and say completely, I was like stonewall, stonewall, stone cold, like even. Just, I don't care what kind of crazy stuff, this stuff, you know, whatever. I'm just gonna be just, we're gonna be straight line. I'm like Archangel Uriel seriousness the whole way through. Just brace yourself for it. And it's like, oh, great emotions. I was like, so what? Don't care. Oh, so happy? Don't care. 
not affected. Yeah, scripture then, says they'll temper you like steel. Yeah, that's what Yazir is really like. Four extreme layers. hot, extreme cold. And so then you're like, then when the extreme, oh no, and everything feels devastating, everyone goes, oh. And then I was like, don't care. Same God, same way. We're just going to keep going up. That's it. Don't care. You got to be unmoved like that. Because when the winds and the waves and the storms of life come, if you stick to that steady rock, even if you've got to look, you're going to look like you're not rejoicing with others. You might look like you're just no fun. You might look like, why are you so serious? Take care of that people pleasing. It'll Real quick. slaughter that. And at the end of that, you get so much more joy anyway, but you can have steady joy and you can have that, that steady reassurance because we all go through ups and downs in life. That's life. Repentance from people pleasing mm -hmm. unto pleasing the Lord within always comes with the evidence Stability. of Shekinah. Why do we sacrifice all this stuff? Why do we go to the cross? Why are we the bride of the Lamb? For the glory of the Father. Yeah. We're in it because the Father wants children of light. He's the Father of lights. That's what makes Him happy. That's what pleases God, to raise up children of His glory light. This is why we go through all these things, because we're removing darkness so God can have His kids back. Amen. It's called... Killing Shadow People Ministries Worldwide International. <laughs> Kill the shadow people. What is that? The intruder of sin. It's not really you. It looks, it pretends to be your identity, your personality. The Bible says it's called the intruder of sin, which means there's somebody in you that it's not you, and it ain't God either. Mm -hmm. It's a shadow person. What, what is that? It's the body of Satan. His kingdom, which is the uncircumcisions, the... Uh, the flesh carnal, the fleshly carnal nature, which is the foreskin and membrane of the sapphire around the sapphire stones that keep his light, God's light from shining, the true light, within you. The only reason why there's darkness, what causes shadows? So if you're a believer and the light of Christ is already in you, what's causing shadows? There's those blockages that either distort the light, that's membrane, or that cover the light completely. That's foreskin. Again, these are parables so we can have wisdom and understanding when you're working on the first part of the foreskin that comes first, it's blocking the light. So there's no light. So when you remove that part, part one of circumcision of that specific sapphire stone, then you see light, but it's it's like perverting the light. It's it's twisting the light. It, it's not pure light. It's kind of like a weird permutation of it. And it just kind of tries to do with it, its own thing with the light. And it's actually darkness that looks like light. So that's one of the things, even though Tiferet, I love Tiferet, is a, a sapphire stone. But I don't know if I've probably mentioned this before. It's worth mentioning again because you're going to go through 10 Tiferets on your way up. Amen. So the more you learn about each one, the better. The more we review all the things that we've already learned, the better. You know, because we're going to remember it. You know, this is what the Lord told me. He said, to remember revelation is merit. So one of my prayers is, may I merit to remember. So pray that, may I merit, may I merit to, remember. to remember revelation. Yes, yeah, so that, because it's a merit. So when we blame others for not being able to remember revelation, or we blame whatever, I know there's all kinds of sin that we can do about revelation, but when we realize, actually, you know, that's on me. I need a merit to remember the revelation God gives me or that other people share with me. Those who revelate, mm -hmm. emanate. Come on. So good. the more revelation, the more emanation of the light of God the Father. Amen. So 
we want to review those things. And just like, so like with Tiferet, even though Tiferet's amazing because it's so luminary, it doesn't look all dusty, you know, like, you know, Mars, Jupiter, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, Hod, you know, Mercury, all those symbolic things, it looks like dust. And then, you know, you do the circumcision and then light comes through. It's like a gemstone, it's like a sun. But Tiferet, like, ooh, shiny, light, ooh, it's an embattlement, ooh. Okay, it's a little bit deceptive. Why? Because both foreskin and membrane of Tiferet both look like light. So it's almost like double membrane. It's like membrane and the, like the foreskin's like a membrane and the membrane's like a super deceptive membrane. That's why it could take some time in that one, in that sapphire stone. It's a test to test you. How good are you at discerning false light as darkness? And what it does, and it's, how, it's not really how good you are, but how much of Christ is formed in you, you rely on his understanding, his vision, and not your own vision, your own understanding, right? Because you want to come away from delusional visions and into true vision. And that's what that for, what all those Tiferets prepare you for is for the world of Absolute. Because every single rung in the world of Absolute, uh, Seventh Heaven, Araboth, is a luminary. So just when you're in Berea, and below, they're all kind of like dark, except for like Tiferet is the only one that's usually shiny. And they're all dark, so you see light in the first stage of circumcision, and then you have to peel back the membrane and remove that shatter, that glass kind of membrane that steals light. And so it's the nature of stealing light when you're in a membrane. And so you have to hate that in your own flesh and nature, your own flesh and blood nature, for that to be removed from you. And realize, oh, you know, it's not somebody else, it's not just the demons. I've actually had that nature because of the curse of the fall and the sin of man and woman. And just gonna deal with it, right? Which means I'm gonna repent. So, all those Tiferets leading up into the world of Absolute prepares you on how to deal with differentiating pure light and false light. Because when you get to Absolute, it's not dark like Berea, it's everything's already so bright and the brightest thing you've ever seen. The false light that you'll deal with, the circumcising in the seventh world of Absolute, it looks like the greatest glory you've ever seen. All the false light looks like the greatest glory you've ever seen. And both foreskin and membrane, they're all luminaries. Just to give you a little tip about dealing with all of it, 100% of the way, it's always in your feelings and emotions. So what's being circumcised, the foreskin and the membrane, I've dealt with like hundreds of these foreskins and membranes in myself along the way. 100% of the time, it's in the human feelings and emotions, and you're being tempered into Jesus Christ's feelings and emotions. So you'll fluctuate back and forth. You'll have highs and lows. He's the solid rock. He's the sapphire stone. So all that fluctuation of highs and lows and how I'm feeling and all those different things about me, myself, and I, that's all foreskin and membrane, every single rung, mm -hmm. until it's solid, Jesus. And that's simply how you pass your tests on every rung, from Malkut of Asaya to 10th world of Keter. Amen. Amen. It's good. <laughs> and that's wisdom from experience. But before you have the experience, you have to go just based on what someone else has told you uh, that went ahead of you. And so if you can hear that and understand that, you'll know, you know, you can walk in it too. It's not usually just some big, there are the big spiritual moments, the angelic visitations, the getting caught up into heaven. All that cool stuff happens. We love the gold dust, the diamond dust. We see that, you know, we've seen that recently happening. 
but what's the, the, the real test, especially when you get into the higher worlds? He really likes to pull back a lot of the stuff that you relied on so far and will really test you to walk by faith and not by sight, even by the spiritual vision that you've been given up to that point, even the spiritual gifts of hearing that you have up to that point. He really withdraws a lot of the gifts to test you to trust him even more and not trust the gifts that he's given you. So you increase in gifts as you go up, but then he also will withdraw in a sense to get you to draw deeper into him. That way he's really testing and prove, he's gonna test and prove you if you go higher to see who really wants him and not just the things from him. And when you're really honest to God, you're not in it for anything else other than just to know him more and to love him more. And you're not saying no to the other blessings he wants to give you, you just, you're not in it for that. Your heart is really for him. That's how you're gonna accelerate and you're gonna keep going glory to glory because it's about him. You know, he paid the price. He didn't just have a crucifixion like everybody else who was crucified. It was far more painful. It was you know, the, the emotional torment of demons all around. He went through way more than any crucifixion on its own. Was horrible. Wouldn't wish that on anyone. Except maybe Satan. But, you know, no one would wish that upon any person. Unless you're evil, would you wish that upon someone? Well, it was God's true intention to sacrifice his son in that way because he loves us. And that's the price that it took. That's the price he was willing to pay. And it's the price Jesus was willing to pay for you, even if you were the only person who ever got saved in the history of all time and eternity. He would still do it just for you. That's how much he loves you. So I hope you understand that he loves you. It's not just like he loves the people who are already doing well. He loves you. Even the people who are gonna die, like, you know, the mercy death, because they're not gonna be able to walk in righteousness in the future. He loves those people. Love and grace yeah. are the same word in Hebrew, has said. So the yeah. love and the grace is the exact same word. One word in Hebrew, has said. So what it means, it's the empowerment to rise mm -hmm. to him, which means he gives it to everyone. Now it's on us. Are we going to go to him or just wallow in the muck and mire down here? So the, what we're repenting from, we're repenting from the curse of the fall into the original commandment. Ten worlds of sapphire stones is the original commandment of the Garden of Eden of God's original design. We fell from the original commandment down and now that remains in the heavens, and through Christ we ascend the original commandment, having it written on our hearts and our minds, as it's written in Hebrews. So it's repentance unto the original commandment, because in the Garden of Eden they doubted the Word. Doubting the Word wasn't just one thing God said, it was His entire divine body of sapphire stone tablets. And so they put themselves underneath the original commandment of Jesus Christ's celestial body. And that living below the glory of that original commandment. So you're repenting now into the commandments of the sapphire stone. Study each tablet, it is written. First Enoch 81.1. Each tablet. Why? Because it's your new body of Christ. It's the original commandment from the Garden of Eden of how to live in heaven, in the glory, with the angels. And it's a protocol for being. Mm -hmm. So if you're not studying to show yourself approve a workman who need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth, you're not studying Jesus. You're not going into the heavenly realms. You have to be a student of the word. You have to pray. Prayer and study go together every day. That is 
as important as your worship time, your music time. You have to spend time with Him to be His bride. And then all throughout the day, practicing His presence, what you meditate on in your heart, you will live in your flesh. So out of your heart, your mouth speaks, and from your heart proceed the issues of your natural life. So if you want all the improvements that everyone goes after and spends trillions of dollars on in the earth, you have to upgrade your heart in God's glorious word, studying the word, studying the cross, knowing him, the crucified one in you, dealing with the foreskins, dealing with the membranes, dealing with the feelings of the animal, dealing with the emotions of the human being, and crucifying it so you're not controlled by hell, but heaven alone by the Lamb of God on the throne. And we will be his bride if we're under his control and power of his word and his glory and within his angelic protocol every day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so, you see, Jesus was willing to go way out of his way, way out of the comfort zone of heaven, and really go out of his way to do as much as possible, the most difficult and painful journey possible. He was willing to go that distance for you, like individually for you. So now he's kind of looking to see, are you willing to at least give up some mild inconveniences? Just go through a mild inconvenience of reading the word of God, changing a little bit by little bit as he shows you. It's literally the most mild inconvenience and people act like it's a big deal. And he literally went out of his way in the most painful way possible. He did the maximum for you and he's only asking of you just like this minor inconvenience it's not even really that much especially compared to his sacrifice so you know let that convict in the heart and let that you know just wow he was willing to go all out just to save you his help will mm -hmm. always overcome your hurt yeah the help is greater than the hurt he is our healer all he asks is that you rise in him in what he's already provided in the power of the holy spirit put it that way he's not really asking that much <laughs> and it's really easy and he's just asking the nations to come home amen so come home amen come home buckwheat <laughs> <laughs> he's prepared guys. a feast for us amen. in the heavens and we will wine and dine with him forever in the fullness of our father's glory in jesus name i pray that upon all your heads that the the promises of the heavens would be fulfilled in your life and everything holding you back be completely obliterated, that you may rise to your God in heaven through the sapphire stones of the word. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding, to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the holy scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.